Welcome to Pilot Boys episode 91. Today we're talking about rich guys going to space. We're talking about the NBA finals, a little bit of the Summer Olympics. We're talking about Space Jam, talking about Yay. And our deep dive today is about moving with confidence. Buckle your seatbelts, Pilot Boys are about to take off. Welcome to the Pilot Boys podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. One of my favorite years. It's the year that the Bulls won their first first of six championships. Uh, and I think, I think it's very similar to my reign since the early 90s. Yeah, all those championships you pulled down. Yeah. 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 Let's get right into it, man. Let's get right into it. Um, so the news of the past week are people other than us getting to space. Uh, they're, it's okay. They're exponentially wealthier and can afford it. You know, our time is coming, Partha. But um, just wanted to gather your your overall thoughts on um, on these trips to the moon by Richard Branson and and Jeff Jeff Bezos and what you think that means in the larger context. You know, it's weird because space should be the coolest thing, but seeing these like rich old dudes go to space has made it feel very lame to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like it it should just be cooler and it's unfortunately it's become very like i don't know it feels like a country club that's what they made it yeah it has i mean and the thing is they tried to highlight the 18 year old who went out there and i'm just like what did this guy do to be able to afford that seat uh <laughs> at 18 that was um but you know it's not you know obviously front and center are the rich old guys that are doing it right and yeah and it's they aren't doing a great job of making it cool, you know. The original, the, even the government did a better job with the initial moon landing, right? <laughs> Isn't that ironic to say that the government did a better job making something cool? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> it's a space-filled week too, because those guys went up to space. Um, I don't know if you saw Branson's speech up there. He tried his best to have a uh, you know Neil Armstrong moment, and it was, I mean, it was fine. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that happened. Space Jam happened. That was awesome. Probably a lot more interesting to me than two guys going to space. Yeah, definitely more interesting. Definitely more interesting. Um, and then, you know, there's this this underlying thought that the reason that these rich guys are really funding space exploration is that their goal is to, quote, unquote, colonize space, Um in a way, right? What do you think of that reality, and how soon do you think we are away from uh, having having space colonies where people live? Dude, I think it's definitely within our lifetimes, but I think like it's a it's a sad prospect, right? Like to live away from Earth, our bodies aren't meant for it. We're very in tune with the planet, with nature, with our surroundings. So, you know, I think it's a recipe for extreme depression, to be honest, for the human body. Yeah, it seems like it, w- it seems like it would be quite an adjustment, right? Um, it'd be very similar. Maybe that's why they've had us all quarantined so long to prepare us for space life. That's true. I mean, even if you look at like basic human functions, right? They're very based on living on Earth. So, like our like the Moon, its effect on cycles in the body, male and female, is very very well documented. It's mm-hmm. the effect of planetary bodies and the Moon on things like breathing, 
also very well documented. We as humans really live within this, uh, this planetary ecosystem and we exist in the place we do, but I don't think we've necessarily, we don't have an understanding of the consequences of moving our physical bodies elsewhere in the universe. I mean, obviously we can survive, but can we actually build society and thrive? And what are the consequences on our psyches, on our moods, on our bodies? We have no idea. So I think we'll see it in our lifetimes, but I don't think that the prospect of living off earth is more, it's not more tempting than fixing this planet. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, it just seems like one of those things, which is like what they say about the colonizers, right? Like they destroyed, <laughs> they destroy earth and say, okay, what's next? Let's go somewhere else that we can destroy. Let's go to space now, you know? So it's a very, uh, fits in line with the, the psychology of colonizers, right? So absolutely. So um, we also have to talk about Space Jam now, which was, you know, I had a freaking blast watching it, man. Yeah, you actually went to the theater. Is that the first movie you've you've gone to the theater to go watch? Yeah, it's the first movie I've seen since probably like 2019. And uh, I went and got, I got like the nicer seats. So it was like this Dolby branded theater. The seats actually like vibrated while the movie was going on with like bass and stuff. So it's pretty sick, honestly. It was a good experience. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I caught part of it on HBO Max. I fell asleep. But the thing that I will say, this is how you know Space Jam is a really good movie, is that despite LeBron James's terrible acting, that the movie was still entertaining and good, right? It was entertaining. <laughs> it was funny. Man, like, they did a great job. The plot was also way out of the box, yeah. too. Yeah, the plot was actually a, a good plot. Right, and yeah. it, it applied had a lot of good, good uh, applied uh, thoughts. Right, so I thought it was I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing that held it back was LeBron's acting. So. Dude, it, it was pretty interesting too, because like kind of the thematic element at the end of the movie. You know, I'm not going to spoil the actual storyline for anybody, yeah. but like the thematic element I appreciated was how much it encourages kids to go into things like coding and tech. Like that was a subtle message that was planted through the movie that I think is really important for the new generation to hear that like, you know, sports is one way to go, but entertainment in general is kind of one bucket, but you can still participate in that sphere by having a really, really great, um, um, you know, technical set of skills. And I think that's necessary for the new era we're in. If you don't have the technical skills, you can't do sports, you can't do culture as meaningfully. And uh, I think that gets played out in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely check it out. Good movie to watch. Um, and and moving forward with more basketball, uh, the NBA Finals. Uh, Giannis is essentially playing like an alien, like a monster um, in real life. Um, but the storyline is how the other two stars that they've developed in Milwaukee, one they developed and Chris Middleton along with Giannis, and then the key trade they made this offseason for Drew Holiday, who is amongst his NBA peers considered the most underrated player in the NBA because he can have an impact both offensively and defensively. But the thing that really impresses me in watching throughout the playoffs with Drew and Middleton and Giannis is their ability to forget what they did the game before or even the quarter before 
and get it done, like not letting the past impact the present and not also thinking too much into the future because up until this last game, Giroux had only been shooting, he had been shooting under 40%, had a terrible game four, um, but he just ignored the noise and showed up in game five and, and, and played a great game, you know? Dude, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think one of the interesting things about watching the Bucks this year is the general composure that they carry across across the court whenever they're playing. Like, if you look at um, the Suns right now, you can sense the frustration. You can sense the fatigue and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. You can see it in how much they're complaining to the refs. And, you know, just the general body language, it, it just reminds me of a team that kind of is at that breaking point where if they don't pull it together on this next game, I mean, as we know, the series is over. So when this episode comes out, this series may have been actually decided on Tuesday night, which we'll find out tonight. Yeah, we'll definitely find out. I don't think you're right about the Suns. I think it, it, every team goes through a process to become great. I know in the last decade or so, we've seen kind of super teams come together, but the Suns are an old school team in terms of how they developed. So they kind of have now reached the the place where they know they're good, right? But Milwaukee has gone through the heartache of being eliminated in conference finals, and it's just a team that's more experienced now in big-time basketball games showing through, um, and, and three players who've kind of looking for that respect from a basketball standpoint that they haven't gotten yet. Um, and I think, I think that's what's driving this. And it's, it's essentially, they have three stars versus the Suns having two stars. And that's, that's really showing itself here in the finals and the most important games. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, again, if you're listening to this Thursday morning, maybe it already played out, but I don't know if you have a, you have a pick for game six tonight. I am rocking with the red hot bucks. Um, I think at going back home on a, a quick turnaround, uh, they should win. Um, but, you know, for the Suns to win, somebody outside of Chris Paul and Devin Booker is going to have to have their game, a game of their lives, essentially, for them um, to continue to compete in this series. It just doesn't seem like Booker and Paul are enough to, to, to beat this Bucks team. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same exact way. I think I think that's how it's going to play out as well. Um, one other piece of news that happened this week, Kanye says he's releasing a new album. You know, we'll we'll see if that's really happening when Friday comes. But uh, what do you think about this, V? Well, I mean, I think everybody who kind of has experienced Kanye West at his best as a musician, we're all waiting for that that to resume. And perhaps this time... It is. He has been away and out of the media, and focusing on his on his music versus kind of his other whatever he he thinks about, you know, and perhaps the, escaping the Kardashian curse <laughs> will lead lead to great music. I, for one, am hopeful because the thing that I've always admired about Kanye when he's at his best is he tries to create something new or create a unique sound that always shows itself in the album sonically, whether the lyrics, even, even in the last couple of projects that weren't great, but if you just focused in on the production, there are some amazing um, 
takeaways that I see being mimicked by producers, you know, other producers. So I'm hoping that we have a marriage of, of both great content and great production. I'm fairly confident the production is going to be next level. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel the same way, man. Kanye, in general, always pushes the boundaries. You know, I think one of the things that has been challenging is that a lot of the new projects coming out sound exactly the same, you know, and Kanye's always been one of those artists that's a true artist. He's always made unique sounds, unique unique voicings, unique song structures, and he's thought about narrative through his projects, which is something that a lot of artists do anymore. So I, I you know, as somebody who actually appreciates music for its ability to express as opposed to just, you know, just the jam to, which, you know, you can do as well. I'm really, really missing like true artistry these days. Yeah. I mean, the, the famous T-Pain moment on, uh, on social media was funny, but very true. It seems like a lot of new artists are simply trying to mimic um, what's hot right now and the sounds that already exist versus trying to craft their own lane i think the production lends itself to that too um we're not we're not seeing people think outside the box as much um but what that does is for artists who are operating like that they stand out more and, and have the ability to stand out more in this era um just be you when you're you know that that's what makes good music you know absolutely well, and I guess I guess right after um, right after this break we're about to take, we're going to come back with our deep dive. The subject today is moving with confidence. Um, man, I'm really interested to see if a good project comes out from Kanye, but I wonder if Drake's going to drop the same week just to just to kind of see what happens. That'd be a very Drake thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like. I honestly think I don't know. I mean, Kanye might be just trying to rush to beat Drake to drop too. Yeah, or he's trying to get him to drop and then not drop, right? You never know the mind games these two play with each other. It's it's pretty fascinating. So Hilarious. So we'll see how this goes on Friday. Um, outside of that, we'll be right back for the deep dive. Show the Pilot Boys some love by getting some of our exclusive merch at shop.pilotboys.com. You're listening to the Pilot Boys Podcast. Hey, this is Partha. Not only am I a pilot boy, but I'm also the CEO of Lasso. I started Lasso to help people improve their movement on a daily basis. We design and create compression apparel that enables you to move confidently, recover safely, and ultimately be the best version of yourself. We use a patented compression technology that activates key ligaments and tendons to help you improve your proprioception, coordination, and balance on a daily basis. Lasso socks were recently ranked number one by Men's Health because of how much they improve how your body works and the overall comfort, softness, and feel of the product. We're very proud of the Lasso socks, so check them out on our website at lassogear.com or at lassogear. Undo Media is proud to be the production partner for the Pilot Boys. Storytelling is what they do. From video production, podcasting, and consulting, Undo Media's focus is on telling your story. Find out why four Emmys and hundreds of clients will back up why you should contact Undo Media for your next project. Look them up at undomedia.com. We're back. Episode 91, Deep Dive. This is one we've been uh, talking quite a bit about offline recently, so I thought we would, uh, it would be a good time to, to, to talk about it on the podcast. And the Deep Dive is moving with confidence, Partha. You know, it's funny. It's like, it's, it's like 
why do we talk about that so much? You know what I mean? What does that say about us? You know? Oh man. Uh, moving with confidence. It's like the whole, the whole goal is, you know, live your life at a hundred percent, right? Like there's that Jay-Z line. I just quoted this on my Instagram for a caption. That's why I'm thinking of it, but it's like, I'd rather die, die enormous than live dormant. Right. And there's this like way of living that, nobody really does in their life where you know if you have a dream or a vision you just go do it and you just do it confidently and oftentimes the difference between success and failure in this world is like how sure of yourself you are when you feel really sure of yourself and people can sense that in you they usually buy in and subscribe and a big thing that causes the fail you know and i i noticed this a lot in the money raising game for business a big thing that causes people to fail is they're unsure of themselves and you can smell that from you know 10 miles away and so being able to live in this state of just absolute like certainty about the direction you're going and the moves you want to make and the outcome of those moves is uh, i think the goal but it's a very hard place to get to yeah it is and i think a lot of times um there's a misunderstanding of what confidence actually is it gets confused um with arrogance um and I think there's a the, the clear difference between confidence. Confidence comes from actually acknowledging and understanding um, that you may be wrong, right? But still moving confidently and being okay with the consequences if you are wrong and moving forward despite failure, right? It's not just about constantly moving in this kind of like irrational state of arrogance where you think you know everything better than anyone else. It's, it's carrying yourself with confidence in who you are and understanding that that is how the world is going to respond to you is how you actually carry yourself through both, you know, the rain and the sunshine. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think one of the challenges with finding that is first of all, like you have to be very secure in yourself to be confident at all. That's like the first step. And most people don't do that in their lives. So first you have to like do the self work to know what parts of yourself are actually like hurting you. Yeah, that's, that's so, um, so important. Um, in a, in, for this reason, more than anything else is that you're not going to just be born with a high degree of self-confidence based on the environment, the world you're born into, the pressure is put on you to not be confident in yourself, to never be confident. That's how our academic system is set up. That's how we're raised to be outside of when we're children and we actually um, learn things a certain way. Once you get past that childhood phase, the world essentially pushes insecurity and degrades your confidence, right? So you actually have to take an intentional look at yourself and say, I have to work on myself and overcome these obstacles that are being pushed on me in the external world. And that's the reason why only, you know, one to 3% of people achieve um, abnormal levels of success because that's the key ingredient because you have to be able to move confidently toward your goals and your vision to make it a reality because it's not a reality before you take that step, right? And so how you build uh, a community is in response to the confidence that you have 
other people taking on that same confidence, building a community of confident people, which inevitably leads to success of a product or brand or whatever it is um, that you're trying to achieve in life. Bro, absolutely. Plus, it takes a lot of confidence to ask for help along the way, even to get started. Like, I know we both probably have like similar people in mind in our lives that, um, you know, don't ask for help, even though they should. And if they were confident enough to ask for help, it's like little things that they could pick up or learn or apply to what they do every day that could take them from where they are to, you know, far, far more successful and more well-recognized in their field. But it takes a really confident person to be able to say, hey, help me with this. You know, it's funny because literally right before we recorded this, I just did that. I just called a couple of my investors. I was like, hey, help me with this. I don't know how to do this. And there's like a specific thing I was asking for help on. That is a scary conversation for me to have even now. But it's like, you know, isn't that like the true bravery in life? Like there's no dragons for us to fight these days. Maybe there were in the past. I think there were in the past, but that's a different story. The point is it takes bravery to show vulnerability or weakness to people, but that doesn't mean you're not confident. It takes a lot of confidence to show vulnerability because you are essentially saying like, Hey, I'm opening myself up to you. And whatever you say to me is not going to shake me or take me off my path. And I'm actually asking you to help me go further in my path. Right. And like that is an incredible sign of trust that causes a lot of people in the world to take your side and, and help push. Yeah. And the second part of that is not just asking for the help. You know, part of being confident is absorbing the advice that you're given and applying it. Because I think that's what people, if, you, if you're talking to advisors or mentors or anybody like that, they respond well when you actually, they actually see their input executed through action, right? Otherwise, it's like, why are we wasting our time? Because there are people who are like this, and this comes from a lack of confidence and insecurity, who may go and ask people for help. But they're not really asking for help. They're essentially having conversations with themselves. And if the advice doesn't fit in line with what they're thinking they should be doing, they don't embrace it. Confidence is actually the opposite of that. Confidence is humil- the, having the humility to say, these people have much more experience in this specific field or this specific area than I do, and I trust them. Therefore, I need to lean on their expertise and and absorb that and apply that versus just asking for help for the sake of asking for help. Dude, exactly. That's an important point too, asking for help for the sake of asking for help. People definitely do that because I think that's like a, it's like a thing that people say for advice, right? Like people say, wake up early and then, you know, you've got the population of people that will do it like really hardcore for a couple of months and then stop doing it. And it's like, you have to have intent behind every one of your actions that makes sense that ties to you and your purpose. And like, that's another part of this whole move of confidence thing, right? It's like you, if you're trying to go in a certain direction, every action you take should be in that direction. Like asking for help for the sake of asking for help is like going through the motions in a workout. You know what I mean? It's like showing up every day for practice and not getting that much better. You know, it takes consciousness and like, 
awareness in the moment to actually digest, listen, and take things and be able to add them to your game. But when you build that skill up of how to ask for help, how to listen, especially once somebody's giving you help or advice, and how to learn from the world around you, and you you start to pick up skills basically instantly. Like a great athlete, I've I've been really impressed with you know a few people that I've met. Like one of our mutual friends, um, his name's Ryan. He is a crazy talented athlete, and we went out to play some soccer and football and ultimate the other day. Kids like never really learned how to throw a frisbee, and obviously I have you know for our listeners who don't know, I have a lot of experience playing ultimate, so I know how to throw a frisbee really well. And I showed him the form of it and just like, you know, 15 minutes maybe of technique, right? And we practiced and the next time we got out there, he had it down, didn't need a refresher. Muscles were already aware of what they needed to do. He learned a new motion basically instantly when I taught it to him. And same thing with throwing a football. I taught him how to throw a football and he immediately picked it up within like 30 seconds and just could do it like from a muscle memory standpoint. And that to me showed me that he has spent the entirety of his life teaching his body how to mimic and learn new actions basically instantaneously. And you have to do that for the body if you're an athlete, but for everybody, regardless of your profession, you have to do that to the mind. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a, you know, because even physical training is more mental than the actual physical, right? It's like overcoming the obstacles is really doing it over and over to train your mind to overcome its limiting beliefs in what you can do. But then once you conquer the obstacle, it's like it's easy, right? And it's uh, it's a fascinating way to to look at confidence, too, is because I think there's two things that I think confident people do. Um, they absorb information, they ask for help, and they also are naturally curious and seek knowledge um, from other sources and don't just assume that they know it all. You know, almost every confident person that I've met reads a lot um, and reads a lot, absorbs a lot of information and spends a lot of time just observing the world right? Versus acting on the world. They, they take that moment to step back and observe and understand how the rest of the world works and don't get caught up in kind of that, that arrogance of only looking at the world through your own lens. You know, that is arrogance. That's not confidence. If you only think that your worldview is important or your, what your thoughts are important, that can also limit your ability to be confident. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, man. I mean, the entirety of like how you, you know, interact with the world and turn off that voice in your head, right? Like there's this phrase that's getting so popular now, like people are identifying as overthinkers. And first of all, don't identify as anything that's not empowering to yourself. That's just a bad place to start when it comes to confidence. But if you do spend a lot of time in your head, you're probably not doing the thing that you need to do to find that confidence in yourself. Because if you are confident, what is there to think about or second guess? You would spend more of your time observing rather than, and in a non-judgmental way, rather than just spending your time in your head, second guessing yourself or thinking through your decisions. And I just think it can be so valuable for people 
to recognize whether or not, you know, at any given point, like pay attention, are you in your head or are you looking at the things around you and just thinking about them, right? Like what you do in your brain, you know, whether it's, it's like, I make it my goal to like get, uh, not, I, I don't want to say bored because that implies negativity, but like get bored every day, right? Like if I'm not sitting around just like looking around and just like zoned out thinking about things, I just don't feel like it was a productive day. Like those moments are where the best ideas come from. That's where you do all your subconscious processing. That's where you come up with, you know, great ways to move things forward. That's where you're able to see, like you can see something out in the world and apply it to what you're doing in your day-to-day life in a meaningful way. But that comes from getting out of your head and living your life for real. And that just requires a, a certain level of composure and a commitment to yourself that, you're not going to second guess every single decision you make. Like the the consequences of your decisions are never significant enough for you to have to second guess to that degree. Com- completely agree with, with that sentiment. And I think an extension of that is um, the idea of analysis paralysis, right? I think the extension of the thought of overthinking, I think a lot of people don't fully understand. And this is the key that, Overthinking because of fear of failure and not taking the action is far worse than taking the action and failing, right? Because the fear of, of, of failure is something that's completely irrational because you are going to fail. You know, it's like you, you're going to fail multiple times along the journey. And I think a lot of people who get caught up in analysis paralysis and overthinking, it's, they're not realizing that they're actually hurting themselves more by not acting and learning the lessons through the actions and through the failures, good and bad, versus just trying to say, I got to get everything right before I move. Um, and, and that is, that again is a sign of, can be extended as a sign of a lack of confidence um, because a confident person is going to say, you know what, if I fail, or may, I'll figure out how to fix the problem when the problem comes because at the end of the day you and I both know in, in business and in life more than anything you're just solving a bunch of problems all day whether it's in your professional life personal life it's just you're you're tasked and confronted with a series of issues and problems every day and do you have the wherewithal and the confidence to get through each of those those problems and just get through get through each day you know Yeah. I mean, I think that's why sports are so important too, just to have some sort of like competitiveness in your life. That's, you know, away from your, your work context, because if you just focus it on work, it's easy to run into the issues and get really dismayed or get frustrated. But it's like, you know, when you're playing a a game, you want defense that you can beat, right? Like it's not fun unless you beat somebody. And if you play a sport like basketball, especially it depends on the circle you play in, but especially if you play in circles where there's a lot of trash talk, that culture is very good for strengthening the mind. And, you know, if you, if you want to get into it, try trash talking someone the next time you play ping pong or something, right? Like see what that feels like. Cause it'll, it'll challenge you emotionally and mentally to enter a different frame mentally. And, it takes a lot of work to sustain that frame, but it also shows you a different way of living. Like I talk a lot of trash whenever I play any sport with a friend, you know, and sometimes it's joking, but it's, there's a, 
I like to win, right? So, you know, I feel very strong about my abilities in, in most things. Um, and sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. But when I practice putting myself in a mindset where I'm very confident in my abilities, I beat people who should beat me in a lot of sports. And it's not because of skill, it's because of mentality. And that carries over in every aspect of your life. Yeah, I mean, that is, it's, it's, you bring up a good point, you know, and obviously there are issues of extremism, people who don't know how to turn off their competitive instincts and it, it turns into a, a negative, it has a net negative impact, right? Because it's like, okay, why are you, you're doing too much, right? <laughs> uh, and you never want to be the person that's doing too much, but you know, at the end of the day, if you're playing something that's competitive and there is a winner and loser in it, that's clearly it. You should be playing to win. Now, how you handle losing after the fact is kind of what determines if you're a confident person or not. I went through this, this, this growth process. Like I was a very, very sore loser for a long time, whether it was video games, whether it was sports is when I lost, it would really impact like, my mood <laughs> and everything. And I think as I grew, I learned again that losing is part of the process, but you put the effort, you put your best effort forward to win. That doesn't change your effort, but how you respond to the loss is when you start growing. Right. And I think that the, in sports that's shown a lot is like the sore loser phenomenon is pretty widespread amongst competitive people. Right. Um, but if you learn how to be a a good loser and not a sore winner either, that's when you know that you're you're moving confidently and you're confident in yourself and your abilities. And whether you win a game or you lose a game, it's not going to matter to you too much. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I I totally agree. You know, the the other like the other thing about just living a more confident life is you're happier too. Like everything gets easier. And you start to have time to have fun, which is not something that I had a lot of when I lived a more stressful in my head life. It was very uh, anxious to, to go from day to day because I felt almost like a victim to the obligations I had created for myself. And it's like, you make your own decisions. So if you're going after your dream, how can that possibly be something that victimizes you? How can that possibly be something that puts you in a negative mindset when you're doing what you love to do or what you dreamed of doing, right? So sometimes it's as simple as just going through the mental work to just change how you perceive your day to day so that you can live your life and realize like, oh, wow, like this is, this is dope and enjoy the ride. Like I remember the first, I don't know, five to seven years of, of entrepreneurship were tough for me because I was so in my head, I was going through a lot and I didn't know, I, I like couldn't find a place of balance between ego and arrogance on one side and insecurity on the other. I was struggling between the two and I couldn't find my happy medium. And uh, a big part of it was that I, I just, I cared so much about how I came across the people because I knew how other people came across. And there's a point where you just have to say, you know what, like I might be abrasive to some people. I might, you know, piss some people off and that's just the nature of it. But you have to just, stop caring, live your life the best way you can and trust that the friends around you will call you out 
if you have habits or behavior traits that you got to change, right? Like you have friends for a reason. And so you can be your fullest self, live it to the max. And if you have a great infrastructure around you and people who are honest with you that are not just like, yes, men, then they'll tell you like, yo, like you're kind of being a dick right now. And you can be like, oh, my bad, you know? Yeah, that's key. And I think, I think the other part of that also is, uh, is, is understanding, um, kind of understanding that it's, it's, you're going to be a dick sometimes. You're going to come across as a dick sometimes. Like some people are so worried about ruffling, ruffling feathers that they move a certain way. You know, I know I've suffered from that. I don't, I don't really like, um, in certain settings, I try not to um, create conflict, but I've found that my natural position when it comes to things that I'm passionate about, sometimes I'm going to come across as an asshole or a dickhead. And instead of like for a long time, I, I'm still working through this, like it would, it would start to make me feel negative feelings about myself. Like, damn, I, am I really a dick? Do I really say things? in a certain way but it's like when you're confident you're gonna say things very bluntly and very directly and the people around you need to be confident um confident enough uh to be able to embrace that and just say hey you're just being a dick right now without it coming across as well something deeper than that you know um that's another another trick trick to this because you know it's you've probably seen this as, as you've become more and more confident that there are sometimes people around you, um, even close friends or family members who don't respond well to your confident self. And how do you, how do you respond to that? Well, I mean, I think you, you said it earlier, you just don't respond to it. You know what I mean? Like you got to have people that, that can handle you around you. And you know, that's kind of the balance of this thing, right? Like, confident people also attract other confident people but it's definitely a spectrum like everybody has different parts of it that different parts of you know how their brain works or how their life works that they haven't necessarily come to terms with and so it's like you know even I could say I'm confident but there's things I don't feel confident about for sure in my life right but luckily everything I do that relates to my profession I feel very confident about and you know a whole lot of other things but there's definitely things that I'm working on. Right. And that's, that's the nature of it in general. Like nobody's perfect and there's no, there's no arrival point either. There's like a point where you're more confident more often than not. And it's like when you cross that threshold, your life becomes like a positive feedback loop and life gets a lot easier from that point on. But that still doesn't mean you're there you still have to continue to do the self-work and and you know work to optimize that feedback loop for yourself so that you can create what you want to create make the world the place you want to make it and uh you know i don't want to use any of the any of the law of attraction words here but like really just build the world you see in your mind for yourself and like whatever you want to do is really possible out here like you can be you know the most famous person you want to be you can be you know the the best athlete at your sport you can be a great business person uh, but there's factors along those paths that we can't control that are going to push us uh, towards certain purposes or goals and we just have to be cognizant that our only role here is to receive what comes our way 
and to find ways to grow through it. And most importantly, to build around all of the things that come our way, the lifestyle and, and the family and friends that we want. And if you focus on that part of life, I really do feel that when you construct your life properly, it becomes a structure that pushes you to be your best self. But unfortunately for most of us, when you're like born and growing up as a kid, it's not a situation where you have that same structure. Like some families are like that and some families are not like that. And so, you know, for some people, it's very challenging to build this, this group of people around them that helps them become better. A lot of people end up building friendships, relationships, et cetera, that actually make them worse, you know? And, um, it's very, it's very tough to know, but I would say like, if you ever feel like a deep, like pull, like deep need for somebody's approval, you're probably not spending time with them for the right reason, you know? And when you feel like a deep calmness, you're probably feeling very confident as well. So, you know, the, the rule of thumb for me as, as you go through life is like, anytime I feel calm by myself, I'm doing the right thing. Anytime I feel peace when I don't have my phone, when I'm just hanging out on my own, if I can go, you know, I, I used to always have my phone on me. I have a lot of friends who always have their phone on them. But if I'm at home and I'm by myself, you know, most of my friends won't hear from me for a few days. You know, that's how I like to live. And then I'll call people and do whatever. But if I'm working on something or if I'm, even if I'm just like hanging out and, you know, driving around stuff, it's not about anything other than finding kind of your personal North star and the place that makes you feel the most like yourself inward and in solitude. Yeah. I mean, I think that's extending on that. It's like, it is always internal, right? Like some people's confidence comes from, they think it's a trick, right? That if the external world or my friends and family and people that I know validate me, that that's going to make, that's going to lead to confidence. The truth is the confidence always is internal. It's not about the external validation. It's about you figuring out what you value, what you need to validate yourself as a person, right? It's not about getting their approval. It's about finding the approval of yourself. And that's why it's valuable to be able to learn how to spend time by yourself and be happy in your own space by yourself in your head, because that is a key to the rest of it, to having that confidence where you're not looking, you don't need external validation for you to be confident in how you move. So true. So true. And I mean, I'd say the last piece I would want to add to this is there's always a way to add to your game. So for every ounce of energy you might spend working for validation, when you're not as confident, you could be spending that energy adding a new skill, right? Like I think about like, for example, like a Ben Simmons right now, he's going through it. His confidence is super low. He's been trashed on by the media and he's got the summer now where he has to get a lot better. So there's two ways he could approach it. The first is, you know, and unfortunately this is probably where his head's at. He might dwell right? He turned down being on the Olympic team. That to me, isn't the way to get better. Like obviously you can train and, you know, get 
add to your skills at home, but playing with the best people in the world and taking tricks out of their bag is the way to get better. Spending time with elite mentality is the way to get better, especially when you're struggling with confidence. Like Ben Simmons can shoot the ball. He's a talented scorer. He can do whatever he wants to do, but mentally he can't do it. Physically, he has all of the skills to do it. And so when you see these types of situations happen, it's, it's just a reminder that you can get better every day or you can do motions that make you feel like you're getting better, but don't actually put you in a situation where you feel scared and weak. And like I would guess that for Ben Simmons, it's scary to go you know, into this off season, to go through this whole experience. And he wants to be by himself with a few people he trusts, working on his game and come back and play well. But unfortunately, that's never really the answer. Like the answer is to put yourself in a situation where you're exposed and you're vulnerable and, you know, push through it and find that place in your mind where you, where you find some strength and you can play at your highest level. And uh, like, honestly, like, I, and this is a personal decision, so I might be completely off base here, but I think a gold medal adds a lot more to confidence than, you know, a summer spent doing shooting workouts. 100% agree, right? And like, it's like you, you're not, you're not going to get anywhere by shying away, um, shying away from the obstacle or the challenge you're, and hiding from it. You have to take it head on um, and move forward. And that's confidence, right? That's, that's what confidence is, is taking on the challenges and saying, you know what? I'm going to deal with this. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to hide from it. If somebody says this about me, then I'm going to prove them wrong, you know? Um, and more, most importantly, with Ben Simmons, it's like he has to believe within himself that he can shoot, that he can shoot free throws, that he can shoot mid-range jumpers. It's like he's accepting the criticism, and it seems like mentally he's also accepting that it's reality. Um, and that's, that's what's happening there. But again, you know, this all circles back to the point of one, learning how to be confident, teaching yourself that it is a self thing, something that you have to look internally for and work through. And then the second part is to consistently and constantly move with that confidence through both wins and losses. Um, you know, and I think if, if you're able to figure those two things out, um, you will be successful at life because you'll be happy with yourself regardless of whether or not someone else thinks that you're successful or not. Man, I love that. So, you know, as a recap, run head first and the stuff that scares you and it'll probably work itself out. Great end to another, another deep dive as always remember to be you and stay moving. Pilot boys out. Get on